with the negative Nancy's. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancy's. My name is Roy Walker, and I'm joined at the adult table today with my fellow Nancys, Primo Thomas, Matt DeVita, and guest Nancy, and the Krimpels. With us, as always, is Junior Nancy and Senior Weenie for Life, Tyler Cleary. Today, we will be discussing paying your artists. We release a new segment, and Tyler gets 60 seconds on the clock, all as we record from five separate locations with fine adult beverages. We have 525,600 things to complain about, so let's bitch. Okay, everybody, today we are joined with actor, artist, and our beautiful dear friend, Anna. But before we get into that, let's examine our drinks. Leading off with our guest, Anna 1, Anna 2. Anna, what is your drink? Hi, I am drinking here a hot toddy made with Mm. uh, the best way, made with some good old American honey. American honey. Probably the only way to do it. I was going to have some wine, but we're having some sauce later, so I figured I'd have wine with dinner. Oh, very nice. Fancy. Primo? Um, uh, I tried to find a Polish beer uh, for Anna Klempens, oh my but God, I am drinking you. a fine German um, beer. It's a Weissbier, um, Franzenhaner beer cool. for Anna Klempens. Klempens. A little fun fact here. I, um, I'm sorry if this is a digression, but I just, uh, I'm doing the 14-day trial of Ancestry.com. I found oh, out no. my family is, in fact, Prussian. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. You have been living a lie. I've been living a lie. I have a grandmother lie. who was from Austria. Ooh. Yeah. Damn, you're a Prussian Frank. You didn't even know. You're Prussian <laughs> Frank. I can't believe I just admitted that on the air, but here we are. Goddamn Prussians. <laughs> my life was a lie. Now everyone knows. My <laughs> life is a lie. Life is a lie. No more dingus day for you. God damn it. <laughs> Matthew, what are you drinking? Oh, uh... I am having water because I am taking my doctor recommended amount of Xanax today. <laughs> oh, all right. we're, we're off the meds, y'all. Hey, that in itself is a cocktail, my friend. It we're indeed, on the is. Meds. indeed uh, it is. Tyler, anything? Amaretto or something? I am drinking the Kona coffee liqueur again with coffee. Cool. cool. Boring. It yeah. probably tastes good, though, right? <laughs> That's what counts, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, not for me. That's all that for matters. me, it's all about APV. Oh, yeah. But, Definitely. Um, Bro, if you enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a gin smash, Ooh. which is gin, mint, and simple syrup that Bradley whipped up for me. That Hell is yeah, also Bradley. my That's drag queen great. name. <laughs> it's also your drag queen name. Gin smash. Funny. Gin smash. So, Anna, um, for our listeners, could you explain to them what you are, what you do, who you are, where you do stuff? Hi, I'm Anna. And I am an actor and scenic artist, so I mm. act on stage, and I paint sets for theater and film. She sure does. That a gal. Does anyone have a question for Anna they'd like to start off with? Nobody. Okay. No. I've got one. I've got one. <laughs> what is the most amount of money that you were not paid? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's a really hard question, that's because there have been too many instances where I was not paid. Um, but probably the one, first one that comes to mind is I worked for a drama club for a uh, high school a couple years in a row, and two mm-hmm. of those years I was not paid, and they currently owe me $700. Oh, dip. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I, I've, I've gotten pretty good at, at demanding my money when it's due. <laughs> I know I've had a couple instances where I signed on to a project, and it seemed like it was just going to be like a modest amount that was going to be paid to me because they seemed like they were, you know, uh, not really the most wealthy of companies. Um, this was not in this town. Uh, and then I did find out like their profits and I was like, holy fucking shit. Why the hell am I getting like less than like a probably 80th of what you made in one night story of my, for life, my work. Dude. Exactly. Um, and so I'm wondering, like, has there ever been like an instance like that where you signed on for like a minimal amount of money and then you realize that the production was like made, you know, hundreds of thousands and you got like maybe, I don't know, eight hundred dollars? <laughs> um, I don't think I've been in that position before, but I've okay. worked on projects where the production let it on that they had thousands of dollars and in fact had nothing. Had nothing. Yeah. So I in particular, I won't drop any names, but I worked on a film a couple years ago, and uh, 
I was very excited. There was a lovely table read. The producers were there. There was a great, huge cast. Everyone had a great vibe. I was super excited for this. And um, it turned out that uh, they weren't keeping with their schedule. They weren't able to pay us. And they went on a hiatus without even giving us a heads up. We didn't work for like three months. And then out of the blue in December, this we started in like August. Wow. In December, they, I got an email asking me to, to commit to like eight days of shooting in the next week. Whoa. And I said, I can't do that. I am in a show. I'm an actor. I'm a working actor. They threatened to sue me, which they couldn't do. Which what? Um, right. Yeah. And um, eventually, <laughs> like, I gave them what I could. Uh, I think they backed down a bit and um, they didn't pay me at all. And they didn't have the courtesy to even give me some of the footage that I gave them for my reel. So that was just a big wow. wasted couple of months. Yeah. What the wow. hell? Like, on what grounds were they going to sue you for breaching contract when they went on a hiatus without even informing you people? That's what they were threatening me with. I think they they had a lot of issues that they wanted to kind of assert themselves without having the back knowledge of what they were asserted. Yeah. So I think it was just kind of a, a ploy to kind of threaten me and in lieu uh, of of fuck. of mentioning actual companies and places can we just say harvey weinstein <laughs> <laughs> i have a fun fact harvey weinstein is currently in prison in clarence windy whatever it's called what's that place called in clarence i thought he's in rikers right attica no i don't know what it's called it's in clarence no he was transferred i think oh damn he was transferred, he was transferred there. to clarence mm-hmm uh, maybe he's now he's spreading a uh, COVID nineteen throughout the entire place. God, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, the, curse that, that man. I think so. I, two instances I I have was I was working for a high school <laughs> doing a light design for a show. I was told I was going to make X. Yep. And then my wonderful wife was brought on to work on this show, and that came time for us to get paid. And I opened my check, and it was $500 less. And then Kirsten opened her check, and it was $500. So they <laughs> paid Whoa. Kirsten out of my pay, essentially. What? Yeah. Did you guys have separate contracts? I don't... I, I'm, Roy, do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't remember. I don't remember how it worked. I remember that you... Well... You got a contract the same time I got a contract, and that was before Kirsten was brought on. Right. So by that logic, did Kirsten get a contract? That's the thing. I don't know. But either way. Either way, that's not how it works. That's yeah. not how it fucking yeah. works. No, right. no, 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 no. You signed a contract for X amount. Right. Even if it was to be two checks for the price of what one check would have been, why wouldn't they have just made it one check? Yeah, exactly. Well, right. Know? But the biggest thing, it's like, why did my, why did her pay come out of my pay? Right. right. And we're also yeah. talking about a very like established place that right. should have like maybe looked into that a little bit more and realized that like i mean like even as far as the government goes like taxes like that's a little fucking a little shady little sketch man yeah. uh, and then the other time well, i've i've worked for other places before where i've never gotten a contract and then haven't been paid and it's just been the hassle of like it's not worth my time to to track like track you down to do that yeah like word of mouth like oh we will give you this amount actually going perfectly off of that preem i did a show where i took on a second position on the show so they were going to pay me more money for that but they they didn't give me an exact contract but they gave me like word of mouth from several people that work there that uh. they would pay me more money to do this job i have not seen that money and then i do another show for them they give me the exact contract for the last show and i said that that this show is a, maybe four times as much work as the last show and they still didn't give me more money and sure. even though like i've had three people there and i don't feel like it's um it was intentional i think it has to do with um simple neglect but they've had over before the whole COVID-19 outbreak to pay me for one of them. So it's just it's just something that I've been trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Sounds a but. little intentional. I'm just saying that. It's like you don't really let money slip under the cracks when you're trying to run a business. I'm trying you know to I mean? get the, yeah, like the, yeah, the benefit of the doubt. Like I don't feel like they want to be deliberate. Mm -hmm. Especially when companies 
are so eager to close the books with the receipts for things yeah. like got to give me your receipts it's like i gotta get my paycheck <laughs> well then theaters like um i just did a, another show never um <laughs> man this is so hard like i feel like we're just like putting together a scavenger hunt of information and people are gonna be like <laughs> it was that show that's what he's talking about <laughs> no let's uh, not do that <laughs> um you no know, i don't think so i did another show where it never actually the show actually never went on but it was a huge budgeted show we're talking to like a um, in the multiple thousands of dollars for just the set alone, I finally put in my receipts and I still haven't seen the money. And that was um, mm. it's about $750. And out of my budget, they told me it's okay if you go over your budget, we have the money. So I went over my budget by about $250. And I still haven't seen that money. So they owe me what? That's <laughs> a grand. A, a grand. <laughs> a yeah. grand. So yeah. that's a good amount of money. God damn. And I'm out of work right now. Exactly. <laughs> so, and we're on unemployment. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, like with this Arda Arda thing we're trying to do in Buffalo. It's it's about protecting people. You know, uh, there's obviously there's issues with actors getting paid. Um, mm-hmm. but I th- right. I want to say more times, like more more or less, actors are getting paid more consistently than I feel like t- designers yeah. or technicians are. For yep. sure. You know what and, I mean? And I think a huge problem too is when theaters want to pay their actors more, they have to raise the prices of the tickets. Right, but right. in this community, there's a lot of people who don't want to pay the money for the tickets. Kind of and like that's the really the, the base of the problem. <laughs> oh, people don't want to pay to see art. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like it's a huge craft. People don't understand that. Like they'd rather sit at home and watch Netflix and they don't want to spend more than $20 on anything outside of their house. Right. You can, you can raise the price of Netflix by, by 50%. But if you, you know, add an extra dollar to a ticket, you get people bitching. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about live performance where it's like you can go on Netflix and you can pull up an episode of something and watch it a million times in a row. But I mean, I mean, like, it's the same performance every single time. Then you go see another, you know, see a live theater show. And like right. these people have to, like, put on that same face, bring on those same emotions and perform that same amount of content in that same type of way every mm-hmm. day. Less yeah. people don't understand There's... like the necessity of the audience actor relationship in right. live theater. Right. Um, it's completely different from film. There's some instances too that like even if like that isn't an issue like I remember I was a part of a production that was not in this town um, and they were selling I think the tickets were like between 50 and 80 dollars a ticket and because we had a big name that was like tied to the show and it was going to be this whole thing like the show was supposed to tour um, and uh, they kept leading it with all these like false promises there was shit in our contract about it that were totally broken um, but at the start, they were like, we're going to pay you like $800 flat for all the rehearsal processes and the five performances. And we were like, uh, OK, sure. We're all like kind of new actors. Like we're just like straight out of college right now. We just are looking for work. Um, and at the time, that sounds like a an OK paycheck for five shows. Right. Until you get to performance and it's like a performance, then like a mini concert with this uh, big name. And then you hear that the show's making $100,000 a night. And then you're like, how the fuck? There's like, I think maybe 15 people in the cast total, and each of them are getting 100, uh, 800 bucks flat. No one's getting any more or less. And you're raking in this cash, and none of it's going to us. I mean, they also have to pay their crew and like. Stuff, That's the other thing. But... but here's the thing, though. The crew, uh, I remember actually the. Uh, all unions, though. The, union, right. yeah. yeah, some of the production staff uh, never got paid. Interesting. Whoa. People who weren't on the um, the uh, the big name side of things never saw a paycheck, and then that company disbanded, and so they did all this work for like three shows at the time, and never got paid. That's crazy. It's so sad. I, yep. I, I'm very lucky. I'm I'm part of a union. I'm part of a, a United Scenic Artists H9 oh, Sayatsi. Um, so I see kind of, but I see both ends of it because I work with Sayatsi uh, for all the films I work on. And then I work non-union for a bunch of theaters and smaller films, et cetera. Um, so I'm lucky enough that I I understand the standards and I know mm. when to stand up for myself and what I deserve to be paid. I know that for theater, it's always going to be a lot less. It's just the nature of the art. There's less money in theater. Um, however, there are some people that are completely non-union and they don't understand that they deserve better and deserve more. And they don't know how to stand up for themselves or put their foot down. Right. Right. So because I mean, you're taught that you should be stepped on almost. Right. 
yeah. thing is, I am grateful to work wherever I am asked to work. The difference is, I cannot and will not do it for free. Right. Yep. The other side of that coin is, if I'm treated really well at a place, I'm more willing not to take less, but if they say this is what I can afford, and I'm like, you know what, you guys have been good to me, that I'll come back and work mm-hmm. for you. But exactly. like, when I'm not getting paid what I'm worth, and this this the situation's just not good, whether it's toxic or bad communication, like now you're pissing me off. Right. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> like, I was I was already annoyed that I wasn't getting paid what I'm due, but I can put that aside. But now I'm thinking about it because I'm I'm angry. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, because these like there are some companies that like you're genuine like, okay, you don't have the money to pay me, but you guys are so wonderful to work for and you get me like a lot of um cred. Cred, yeah, exactly. Thank you. So then, like, my work is seen, and I get more work from working for you. So there's, like, a there's like a beneficial, uh, mutually beneficial thing there, even though you're not getting paid a lot. Yeah. I even work for a place right now that doesn't pay you a whole lot. And yeah. maybe sometimes, like, they he'll just, you know, like, we, we have a discussion that's like, uh, you know, I'm not making any money on this show. And then we just work into the next contract. But mm-hmm. it's an understanding, and I love that place, so. Yeah, see, that's great. Yeah. Then there's yeah. also some companies that uh, totally thrive off of like someone fresh out of college who is just working looking to work pay them virtually nothing and think that they should be okay with that and if you ask for more they will like almost berate you which is why i keep going back to arda because they're trying a lot of they're trying to trying to change things in a lot of different areas in buffalo but also trying to say like no like working artists deserve a, a decent wage you know and yep my whole thing is, if you can't afford to do business, then you can't afford to do business. Hey, everyone. In lieu of promoting paid sponsors for our debut podcasts, we've decided to donate our message breaks to support the Buffalo, New York theater community. Primo, Matt, and myself will choose a company we truly love each week that has really been affected heavily by the COVID-19 pandemic. This one goes out to the fine people of the New Phoenix Theater of Johnson Park. It would be an even deeper catastrophe if this beacon of artistic light were to never open their doors again. I just finished sound designing a two-man show there called Kiss of the Spider Woman in celebration of their 25th season as an independent theater. Directed by the incredible Victoria Perez, stage managed by the great Mike Dobin and starring brilliant actors Rolando Martin Gomez and Rick Latimer. This show is one of my favorite shows I've ever worked on and I do upwards of 20 shows a year all over Buffalo. The New Phoenix Theater is owned and operated by my dear friend Richard Lambert. I can't tell you how much I love this man for his vision and beautiful personality. He may be the most graceful and successful risk taker I've ever worked with. I am so honored to know this wonderful man and even more so to call him my friend. If you would like to send love and support to the New Phoenix Theater of Buffalo, New York, online donations can be easily sent via the Donation Now button at newphoenixtheater.org. That's N E W P H. O-E-N-I-X-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. Mail-in donations can be sent to 95 Johnson Park, Buffalo, New York, 14201. And you can place over-the-phone donations by dialing 716-853-1334. To those of you who choose to help, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I deeply appreciate it. Now, on with the show! Hey, Slappy Nancy Weenies, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cool. Well, I kind of want to bring it out to, um, we're talking a lot about theater and, uh, and that's a huge, I mean, that's something we all have in common here, but like, there's a lot that goes with like music and and Mm. visual art and, and really a lot of different other forms of art that go completely unpaid and underappreciated. I mean, me in particular, it just pisses me the fuck off when people don't want to look at my stuff or or buy mm. any of my my work i do a lot of work at home um commissions and all that um but right. they'll go to tj maxx or target and buy a piece of shit canvas mass product with mass that's produced. like mass produced probably cost 10 cents to make they'll buy it for 50 dollars and paying it up on their wall and go oh this looks great Jesus it looks like a fucking Christ. doctor's office look anna <laughs> you and i had a, a brief text conversation the other day i asked mm-hmm. anna to commission two paintings for me um and she quoted me a price and she's like i hope that's okay and i said that's more than okay i'll make it work because you're an artist and you know you're working on something your time is valuable and yeah i value your time so i'm going to pay you what you ask because 
Yeah. That's how it works. Like if you it comes down to yeah. respect. Right. She's not drawing it for fun. Yeah. How much do people get paid to fill in potholes? Yes, it's important, but so is art, and you need to respect yeah. that person as much as you respect this person. Exactly, right. and and I, it's really difficult. I mean, this is a hard topic to talk about because I think it's in the nature of an artist to be like, I don't deserve to get paid. My work sucks. Here, yeah. take everything for free. Modest. I think that attitude is fucked up. We need to change yeah. that right. because artists put a lot of time a lot of effort, a lot of money into their own work. I, I've been practicing art. I'm self-taught, but I've been practicing for years. Just a pad of watercolor paper will cost $30 for like mm -hmm. 15 sheets. So I think it's really important that people... I just started thinking about trees for a second. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that might trees. actually not get cut. Happy, happy little trees. Happy little trees. <laughs> Just channeling Bob Ross right now. But yeah, people don't understand all the time that goes in. Like people will go into work as an accountant. Nothing against accountants. They're so important. But you're mm -hmm. getting paid hourly or you're getting a salary. Right. Artists, uh, it takes me several hours to do a specific painting. So uh, and plus material supplies, all of that. It's all added in. So and it, it's really difficult to come up with the price or any kind of commission. But I, I usually try to be very fair. But keeping all that in mind. And having to keep reminding myself that I deserve to be paid for my work. Tyler, you've been silent. Yeah, um, I've been just listening to uh, what you guys had to say. Uh, so I've had quite a few experiences in like the music scene, just not getting paid and completely screwed over. I think the biggest one for me was uh, the first tour my band went on back in like 2018. And we our first date was in uh, Detroit. Uh, at this wait, place. wait, hold on. Was that was that the band English Muffin with butter on it? Was that the band? <laughs> no, it was. I think uh, it was Teeny Weeny Beanie Bobbers. <laughs> no, right? it was uh, Very Beneath Concrete. Or was that the Teletubby Connection? I think was it was that? Five Skin. <laughs> Rage Against My Pillow. <laughs> wow. Okay, Five Skin wins. <laughs> what, what was the band name? Uh, Very Beneath Concrete. <laughs> Buried Beneath. Con no, we should rename it called Buried Beneath the Septic Tank. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, that's a good one. We're going to get you, God Carol. God damn it, Carol. Carol Baskin. <laughs> we're going to get her. But no, it was at this uh, place oh, called yeah. uh, New Dodge Lounge in uh, downtown. And so we couldn't drive through Canada because uh, my guitarist had a D-dub. So we had to drive all the way around. So that's an expensive trip. And we had this like beater van that only got like eight miles per gallon. We drove all the way out there. And we show up to this venue that was like not even finished being constructed yet. Like they didn't have paint on the walls. It was just blank drywall. And so we play the show to like the other bands playing and one other person. And when it came time to us getting paid and we were guaranteed like 150 bucks, he was like, yeah, I can't pay you, but like, I'll give you like $2 and I'll smoke a blunt with you. I was like, you motherfucker. We drove what? from Buffalo. What a deal. What? We drove from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Like, give us some fucking money. He was like, that's what I got for Jesus. you. Oh, man. Wow. I would have broken that guy's legs. <laughs> On the spot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I feel like musicians are taking, like, obviously like, artists are taking advantage of, but I feel like that's this is a common thing where, like, oh, man, you guys didn't fill the, the, the place, so I'm only paying you, like, a quarter of what I said. Like, yeah, Of course we're going to fill the fucking place. Nobody's heard of us. Right. That's the whole thing. Like, yeah, it's your, your, it's your job as a venue to get people in the door. It's your venue. <laughs> but, see, it happens locally so often. There's this oh, one God, company yeah. I'm not going to name, uh, and... We like worked with them quite often. They never really screwed us over too often. Like it wasn't too terrible. I, uh, I remember one time like we were just getting paid bit, like a percentage of our ticket sales, and we sold a lot of tickets for the show. And as soon as we got on stage to play, I watched the promoter that was supposed to pay us run out of the building. <laughs> just beeline it, didn't show up the rest of the night. Oh my god! Oh my Did he god. go by a name similar to Dick Rash? No. Was that with? But we've uh, talked about this. Yeah, we have talked about it. But <laughs> yeah, no, we've not talked him. about this. Not Tyler, him. was that with okay. Schmegma Force Five? Was that was that the band then? <laughs> or Frozen Poop Knife? Did, were you you were in the band Frozen Poop Knife? Right? I wish. I wish. I wasn't good enough. <laughs> what was your uh, band name? Uh, I was into uh, Buried Beneath Concrete and Eternal Death. Eternal Jesus Death. Right. Oh, it dude. feels like today's times. I guess being buried in concrete is kind of an eternal death, right? Kinda. Uh, see, the first <laughs> band name got its name because they wanted to do something like a play on BBC, and I wasn't going to play for a band that had the actual acronym name, so I was like, change it or else I'm not joining. 
change it to rubber rocket or I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Tyler, if you're ever in another band, you're not allowed to like choose the name until you consult us. Like bottom line. <laughs> yeah, no. You have to bring it to the the negative Nancy's band name generator. It's in uh it's in his contract. You should be like a um, bare naked ladies tribute band that only plays bowling alleys and be called spare naked ladies. <laughs> or play musical tunes oh and be god. my spare ladies in playing bowling alleys. Mm. Oh my god, oh, that's a good one. That's hey, a good one. hey. I have to say, I'm very grateful for editing because I was really nervous to be on your show. Um, Why are you nervous? It's a lie. Well, I, I, you guys are like celebrities. I, I listened to you all morning when I was painting. Aww. Aww. She's a, and I was like, wow, you all have such beautiful radio voices, and here I am with a freaking lisp from my palatal Oh, you expanders. sound great over the phone. <laughs> you have a lisp? <laughs> That's I another great everything. name, the Palette Expanders. What was that? Yeah. She, <laughs> she had to take a shower because she didn't want to smell bad for the podcast. I didn't. Being, that's being recorded in five separate locations. You guys should be very grateful. <laughs> yes, I'm I am grateful. All right, so I have a, I have a quick story. Um, I was playing a show um, with Bradley, who's uh, just walked into the other room. Bradley's my friend who's been staying with me. Is he is he like Pooh Baron around the apartment right now? Me, Bradley. Uh, yeah, yeah. Only Fucking a red up. shirt with a pocket. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to have a pocket. And uh, <laughs> we're playing this show, and we got this awesome venue in not the city. It was in, uh, it's in Rochester. It's not called the same name anymore. Huge bands that play there. We, we got in on this bill on a um, record release um, from some band as an opening band. So to be a part of the show means that you have to take a cut from the door, but you need to remember that you are the first opening band of two, and then the primary headlining band takes the majority of the cut. Uh, yeah. Okay. 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 So now... Um, Kansas, you know the band Kansas, Carry On My Wayward Son, Point of No Return? They were playing a free show down the road, like literally down the street from where we were playing. Shut up. No one fucking showed up to this show. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A. And and there was a thing, I'm I'm fairly certain there was a a bit of the contract that said that if like there's only a certain amount of money that was made, neither of the opening bands make any money on the show Uh, whatsoever. Shut up. You could have been yeah. giving out free blowjobs and no one would have showed up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's fucking Kansas Shit. is playing a free show. And I think like Blue Oyster Cult opened Jesus. for them. Like, of course you're going to go to that. Why would you come see my band from rural ass yeah, no. Wyoming County? Why did you even home. play? Why didn't you just go to that show? Yeah, honestly. Well, yeah, yeah. And that was like, I remember that that show, it was part of a free concert series. And I, I, I'm i trying to remember back. To, this is a long time ago. We're talking like I was, uh, we were talking like 2009 maybe. And I, I feel like that show was not advertised. And they're just like, we got a big thing coming up. And then like the day that it opened, it was just like, we got fucking kids. It's a boy. to call up this bitch. No one showed up. <laughs> no. Wait. Weird question, Roy, and you can cut this or not. Who was the headliner for your show? Maybe we should just bleep out the names. That'd be funny, too. That'd be really funny. Just, But, like, instead of a bleep, it just says... Harvey Weinstein. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> should we back up and do the whole show over? All right, so we need to take a 60 seconds with Tyler. Tyler did such a great job in the last episode that, if you were listening, that he has been awarded free tickets... Well, ticket. Free ticket... To a Sabres game with, <laughs> with Primo, Matt, and myself. Wherever um, we want to seat him, by the wherever way. Wherever we want to put him. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm expecting those weeds. And has earned a 60 Seconds with Tyler. So here is the new theme for 60 Seconds with Tyler. It's basically the old theme with some very subtle, no one will even notice, the, the bigliest edits ever. It could be about 60, depending on the way you figure. 
Jesus Christ. You okay, Anna? Okay, can I just say, I've been adding, like, a lot more whiskey to my hot toddy as I drink it, and now it's kind of just whiskey. Nice. (laughs) So everything's really funny right now. Next message break, I'm actually going to go grab a whiskey myself, so. Go do it. I mean, I heard that last 30 seconds. It was impressive. Right? Oh, buddy. Damn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another segment, 60 Seconds with (laughs) Tyler. Yes, Tyler has been awarded 60 seconds due to his perfect score last episode of a 40 out of 40 tyler now has 60 seconds to talk about anything he wants to talk about folks and he is racing the clock tyler are you ready yes i am well your 60 seconds starts now okay so i'm talking about uh an event that happened in europe called the dancing plague known as saint Vitus's dance it was also referred to as choreomania and it happened more in a medieval time and involves spontaneous and continuous dancing by crowds until they collapsed from exhaustion or died. And it was like reported by eyewitnesses as like a concern for authorities because there's dead bodies everywhere from dancing. And it was also contagious. In 1374, the widest outbreak happened in Germany before spreading to uh, Italy and in Strasbourg. It happened where over 400 people died in the same like month and because there's no autopsies then they couldn't really prove that it was a heart attack so all these people were scared of dancing because they were like i'm just gonna (laughs) die from dancing and they also believed it was uh from skin infections and muscular inflammation leading to spasms look at that 60 seconds depending on how you figure wow Um, it's tight bro Yeah, it was that was some that was good. Did you practice that? No, I actually Damn. researched it uh, ten minutes you before. Just looked it up today. <laughs> wow, that's the way I did book reports in college. That's like uh, I don't know how I feel about it anymore. Like, do I? Like, it was still impressive, but I was impressed. impressed. I had school today. I'm even more impressed then. It is customary that we have our guest judge thirty seconds with Tyler, sixty seconds with Tyler this week. Anna, on a score from zero to ten, what would you give him? I'm gonna give him a nine because Ooh. yeah, because it was really impressive that he did this with all the other stuff going on, but I was not impressed by his unpreparedness. But it also <laughs> brought me to a place of I was thinking of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that one episode where everyone's singing and she almost dances herself to death. Oh yeah, that's and then it also reminded me of the current. COVID-19 pandemic that's striking our country, if you haven't heard of it. The world. The what? The COVID-19 pandemic. What is that? I can't <laughs> say. <laughs> um, uh, Can you imagine, awesome. though, if it was a dancing pandemic and not a coughing pandemic? Uh, it can't. was a dancing pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Stay home, kids. Everyone's outside dancing. But I can't, Mom. Isn't that the plot of Footloose? <laughs> Primo. Um, I'm going to give you a one. <gasps> um, I'm just kidding. I'm also gonna go with a nine. Um, yeah, just because I think sixty seconds is too fucking long. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed it. By the time I was processing what was happening, thirty seconds was already. Yeah, up. but like that's the thing. It's like in thirty seconds, my blood's rushing. I'm like, I gotta listen to all of this really fast to make sure I'm getting it down. Yeah. Sixty seconds by thirty-one seconds, I was already bored. Oh, should hire, you. You're not on speed. We should hire one of those people that does like the disclaimers for like late night commercials to compete against you in an episode. <gasps> oh my god, that'd be hilarious. Go on like Fiverr or something. You guys are rich and famous and getting paid for your art. No cash on delivery. Re- we're gonna have you read a thing that's like all the side effects of something, and then have that person do the same thing and see who can do it faster. Like you're gonna clearly lose. But oh yeah, that'd be funny for us, Matt. Uh, I'm gonna give it a solid seven. It was a very interesting topic. Uh, I was scrolling on my phone through the first part of it, but then you actually ah. got me to start listening. Uh, so that's impressive. Oh, good. Um, and what I did here it was a good job, bro. Solid seven. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome sauce. So I thought that it was very, very good, but I also thought that you didn't have the wow factor. I was looking for yeah, today. Yeah. Whoa, 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 Miss Slippy. So I'm going to give you an eight. I'm going to split the difference between a seven and a nine. So it's still it's still good. This is still like a great score. And Matt's Tyler. still the asshole. If you were figure skating right now, you'd be you'd be in the top. The yeah. Top, top. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you'd be at the top. You would have won round robin. <laughs> Gives you a 33 out of 40, my friend, which is not that bad. That's a good score. It's not the worst one I've had. 
Tyler, I just want to prepare you for tomorrow's recording. We have a a, a, a very intellectual human, like a, a probably the smartest person I've ever spoken to coming tomorrow. No, it's no. Katie Mallinson. Oh, even better. Oh, yeah. No offense, right? Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> She you better come me. fucking prepared. She's gonna fuck you <laughs> up. Oh my god. She scares oh the god. shit out of me. The line drive she snagged in softball? That was a great triumphant moment for Kate Mallinson, but my this one is when I was playing center field and she was playing right and there was this liner at her that I thought killed her. It went, it, I swear to God, it went right through her body. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, no. And I just remember like seeing this line drive and it was at that moment where it was like maybe like 10 feet from her and you know, it's screaming yeah. and I'm just like, she's dead. She's dead. Like it's over. She's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that you live through that. And she's just a great person in general. But um, anywho, Tyler has this great story about his first experience taking an online class during that pandemic. I've never done online because like I'm not disciplined enough and I would totally just fail. Um, and so we had to. We had to go on Zoom, and I've never used this before, so we're in, like, a conference call with everybody, and I couldn't pay attention, so I'm literally just chilling, vaping, and uh, drinking my coffee, and I'm just playing Roller Coaster Tycoon the entire time. Anyways, now we have to, like, tap dance and make, like, TikTok videos and shit like that, stuff that's way what? beyond me. And uh, Wait, what? Yeah, we have to, like, make TikTok videos and send it to her, like, and I'm a terrible dancer. I'm just a sound guy. And what? Yeah. What? So TikTok college class? Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. You know, and it's just a way for her people just to like show their like actual movement rather than like being in the group. Like they can just send it separately. But yeah, that's about oh, it. Dude. Um, I applaud that because as a teacher, it's really hard to get your your students engaged, especially if you're from a different generation. Oh yeah. So that's that's really smart of oh, her. Cause, yeah. I mean, if I were in that class, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's do some TikTok dance. dances for a grade. <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine, she has kids who are in um, middle school, high school, and like they're supposed to get 60 minutes of physical activity a day or whatever. But she's the one that has to log it to be like, my kids did this like on a website. And her kids are like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking go outside. There's a fucking coronavirus <laughs> out there. I'm not going to play with my friends. <laughs> So she just like logs it and then they go play Fortnite. <laughs> Me as a mom. <laughs> All right. Well, we do need to take another message break. We will be right back with more of the bitching that you love. Can I pee during the message break? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get a whiskey. Hey there, Nancy's. In lieu of promoting paid sponsors for our debut podcast, we've decided to donate our message breaks to support the local Buffalo theater community. Roy, Matt, and myself will choose a company each week that has really been affected heavily by the COVID-19 pandemic that we truly, truly love. I would like to shout out the wonderful ladies of Second Generation Theater Company. Thanks to Kelly, Kristen, and Aaron, I was able to live out a dream last spring and set design Angels in America for them, and I cannot thank them enough for their kindness. Second Gen has had to cancel their production of Three Tall Women this spring, a travesty to hit many local Buffalo theaters. Second Generation was founded in 2013 by Kelly Copps, Kristen Bentley, and Aaron Lee Dandies. SGT creates quality theatrical experiences that appeal to an emerging generation of theatergoers. By building on Buffalo's strong theatrical roots, they strive to continue the area's tradition of great theater for generations to come. SGT seeks to create powerful theatrical experiences that seek to unite a community of diverse backgrounds and to continually cultivate appreciation and understanding in audiences of all generations through education and engagement. And I am beyond proud to know and work with these amazing women. If you would like to send love and support to Second Generation Theater of Buffalo, New York, online donations can be found and sent at www.secondgenerationtheater.com donate. And to those of you who do help, your assistance and love is most appreciated. And now, back to the pod. And we are back with the negative bitches. Whoa. And here we are. Wow. <laughs> Talking about why artists should be paid for their work. Would any of our hosts like to talk more about? <laughs> I'm taking this essentially as her audition to guest host. I want a guest host so bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually have another story. Dude, um, Hell's those zannies. Uh, God, dude, these fucking zannies are really slowing me down, man. My brain is <laughs> shit. I'm on fire because I forgot to take my Prozac today. Fucking high right It's like, what's going on, guys? No. <laughs> so <laughs> imagine if he was drinking. 
Well, the last, the lost episode, he was like, was like, because I'm on two competing medications. <laughs> this is a uh, again, it's not a, it's legitimately not a company in this town. Um, but I worked for this one place, uh, and they actually called me in because they were down a cast member or something like that, and I had just moved back. Um, and I was close enough to where I was like, sure, that'd be great. I'll I'll commute, not a big deal. Um, they negotiated with me uh, an X amount. And I was like, sure, whatever. It's an ensemble role. I'll deal. So rehearsals start. And it was, first of all, like the worst fucking rehearsal process I've ever been a part of, period. But I come to find out that like some other ensemble members were getting like two to three hundred less than what I was getting. And I was already making like nothing. And I was like, holy shit. Mm. But then also found out that this company had enough money to hire three equity actors and house them and give them food stipends. Oh, I got a story like that. Isn't that the worst when the non-union actors are suffering so that the company can afford the union actor? I'm all for unions. I'm part of a union. I think they're great. Yeah. I think actors need a union, but it just really sucks for the ones who aren't in it. Yeah. And the other thing is, though, is that like a friend of mine, this is like across the board, uh, ended up working for that company uh, a couple years later and they hadn't the rate was the same and he was a lead in one of their shows and got the same amount I got for being an ensemble member and there was no equity actors in their production. Holy wow. What the fuck? So it's Plus not inflation. even like they're just trying to pay the equity actors and not pay us. They just don't want to pay people who are in part of the union. Period. They just don't want to pay people. Exactly. Yeah. It was just like, dude, we're Hire here more than those fucking people are. Yeah, Exactly. So it's another thing. Like I never ended up working for them again, obviously. But like when those kind of stories come out, I think. Well, actually, I want to ask the opinion. So like, some companies that are known for doing these like shady deals continually get people to come and work for them. Do you think it's like I don't want to say like the actor's duty because I don't really believe in that kind of a thing. But like the actor's duty to like not pursue those companies even when you hear stories like this. I don't think you can blame the actor. No, I think they're just trying to get their name out there and take every opportunity they can get. And, like, for me personally, like, every work is an experience. I've had really shitty experiences, but they're still experiences. Yeah. And people just want to collect those so that they can keep growing in their craft. Yeah. See, you know, like, that's... So, like, I guess maybe do the actor is, like, the wrong wrong way to put it. Uh... It's the assholes who take advantage of that. Yeah. So how do we as a, how do we, what do we do about this? Right. Or should we be rewarding these companies that do that by still being in their shows? Well, the fact of that matter is everybody wants to be an actor. It's the kind of like supply and demand where like there is a huge amount of people in the market Mm -hmm. to be an actor and not, not a lot of jobs. So mm-hmm. people are always going to want to be an actor in the show because that's just the nature of the job and and what we perceive of it. So, so I don't think that's that's not even something that we can even fix. So that's the other like thing, though. It's like coronavirus. Like <laughs> this coronavirus. Um, I have, I have a do? stat for you too. Yeah. Um, so Go I was looking. It. I was looking up artists um, that are like, for example, just like Spotify and like how much they get paid per oh, song. They get paid dog shit, man. Yeah, yeah, dog it's terrible. Shit. So. Um, which we're probably in the same boat of at this exact point. That's why that's why you hear message breaks. Um, typically, we we do donate our message breaks to um, to hospitals and to local theater at the moment. So, um, slight flex, um, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I was looking up like actually how much they get paid because I have I have music on Spotify as well, and I have never fucking seen a paycheck, and they don't send it out unless it means unless it's like to a certain uh, allowance, which I'm not I'm not seeing in this article. It's a threshold. But, you have um, to have a minimum of a thousand streams for it to actually for Spotify specifically to actually have the gotcha. revenue kick in. Wow. Gotcha. Yeah. Anywhere from. Zero dollars zero zero it's zero point zero zero six cents. It's not even a sixth of a cent, it's a zero zero six of a cent. Two and up to zero point zero zero eight four. But that's only if you're signed to a label. That's only if you're signed to a label for that higher number. I know that like Taylor Swift for a long time. Taylor Swift wasn't allowing her songs on Spotify. She wasn't giving them the rights because she was saying that like artists should be paid for what they and i'm not the biggest yeah. fan of her but i mean she's the really right in that 
The Beatles as well. The yeah. Beatles did that. Yeah. As did mm -hmm. um, King Crimson, which is a band that was going to come to our local art park, which I was looking very forward to working with, but they're probably not. Did you say so. 0. 0.008? Is yeah. that 0. Max? 0.0084. Zero, zero, is the max. I just want to see what that is. Zero, 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 zero. <laughs> The remix Anna. So <laughs> per a million views, per a million streams, it's eight thousand four hundred dollars. Yeah, but that's if you're signed to a label. So the label's getting like that's a majority it. of that cut. Right. So, so I'm just thinking like any of that money. If any, but the, it's also like that's the part of the 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 um profession as well is like it's all about exposure first. You have to make sacrifices before you get big or whatever. I mean me. Right. For example, I, I feel like I undersell some of my paintings mm -hmm. because I, I mean, I'm not expecting to be the next Picasso or anything, but I, oh. I feel like for now, like there's a market and I, and I got to cater to that market. But down the line, if I end up like keep pursuing this and doing really well with my just my personal art and I end up getting really big, my paintings will sell for a lot more money. Yeah. This so woman is incredible. Like, to our listeners who don't know who Anna Krempoltz is, just it, it, she's she's worked on like HBO shows. She does th local theater. She does stuff out of town. She is fucking incredible, and it is, yeah. John Krasinski <laughs> saw my crotch. I've yeah. Was well, that a John Krasinski story? Anyway, um, we'll just bleep it out with uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, it's gonna um, be worse. My that's horrible. No, don't that's do that. even worse. That's even worse. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's the one situation. Um, no, I've I've seen this girl paint a floor that be, looked like wood, and it looks like I, I live in a fucking house that was designed in the seventies. It's wood paneling, and like it, it looks more realistic than the shit I have in my house. I remember the first time I like ever saw her work was like the first show that I did. I think it was Godspell. And I was like, no way. Nobody fucking painted that. And they were like, yeah, yeah, right. she did. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. That's insane. Beyond one of the most talented individuals I've ever met, Anna. <laughs> My set designs are only as good as they are because Anna paints on them. Like literally, literally. Guys, I'm My sound crying. designs are only as good as they are because Anna paints on them. <laughs> you guys are too, too, too nice. Oh my God. All right, she's going to drink her what is now just whiskey and then continue talking. This has turned into a drunk history real quick. Drunk history in a wet tea bag. <laughs> drunk history of not getting paid. <laughs> Throughout uh, this whole coronavirus crisis that we're facing, I'm kind of using it. Uh, I have the extra time, so I'm doing a lot more artwork at home and and selling a lot more commissions, etc. But um, which is great, and and I encourage everyone to support your artists and support the people you see on Facebook, your friends, your family, everyone who does some kind of craft. Um, but at the same time, as I was saying, artists have to pay to get their supplies, etc. So I'm um making an effort to pay uh, local art supply stores and uh, instead of just going to amazon for instance the news jar in east aurora they're wonderful yeah. and uh she i go to her specifically and i i try to support them as as much as i can because like amazon is amazon jeff bezos is whatever right uh, <laughs> so it's really important to you to, to support your local artists but support the people who support your local artists as well mm -hmm. that was just my little my little plug for the day what is the potential project, and I say potential because of the state of our union, that you look forward to the most? Um, there is a Judd Apatow film coming to Buffalo that I will be working on. Um, that was I was supposed to start on that two weeks ago. <laughs> that was pushed back six weeks, but we'll see the update in a couple weeks, I guess. But I'll be really excited to work on that. Very cool. Yeah. Well, tentatively, I'm still... Work, uh, designing cabaret for second generation theater. Hell yeah. Yep. So fingers crossed, we still get to cross that bridge. Very cool. Um, in June. So keeping those fingers tightly crossed yeah. for that one. Hopefully that one. Um, one of my theaters finally uh went through and just they just canceled their entire season because they just didn't see a point in it anymore. I guess so. That was sad. Um, Can I say something real quick? Sure. I know that a lot of these listeners are people in art, in the theater industry and performers and artists, but uh, for those of you that are not, I hope this is a good insight into how much our industry is being affected by this crisis and, and how much the workers, we don't all work nine to five jobs. So I think mm -hmm. it's important to kind of highlight that there are people there who 
we do a lot of gigs and our gigs have been taken away from us. I feel like there's a bit of um, there's a bit of a shadow over this whole like, oh, I don't work a nine to five. Yeah, I don't work a nine to five because I work a seven to fucking three. Fucking yeah. Yeah, I work seven o'clock at night to like three in the morning. Maybe a day off. Sometimes later. Like it's um, and it's not even that because, you know, you know what? I do work like a nine to five for, for the majority of my week. And then after that. I go and I do another job. Why? Because I enjoy working with the kids that I work with and I enjoy mm-hmm. pushing my art forward and making sure that there are those that will carry this tradition on in the future. Yeah. Um, that's how much I fucking love what I do. But at the same time, I love what I do so much that I also want to have my own career and be able to create things. Ugh. Could I stop doing what I do and become a manager of a Dollar General or or go on and, 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 and do tech work for a solar company? Sure, and those that, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that... Just because you don't have a passion in something, it means something to other people. Mm-hmm. And you need to have a respect for that. And can I just say, do not support Dollar General. No, they are monopolizing support. on small rural communities or, and or. do not deserve your income. <laughs> <laughs> what we do as artists is fulfilling for the soul. You know, we don't, yes, we want to make money and our goal is to get paid, but like I also do it because. It's my passion. Well, that's the whole stigma, man. That's the whole stigma of why we're like, oh, um, it's okay if you can't pay me or we take lower rates. It's because we love what we do so much that that's okay almost, which and is you know not what? okay. They're all envious. Yeah. They are. They all hate us for it because that's what they wish they were doing. Right. Right. I hate to say it, but it's not like right. 20 or 30 years ago, man. It's like, no, I love what I do. I'm good at it. And you need to pay me the rate at which I am worth. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, that was the next thing I was gonna say. Just because we love it so much doesn't mean you should take advantage of it. I like to ask this random ass question that has nothing to do with what we're doing. It's almost like another thirty seconds with Tyler. Oh, so it's... like the rest of the episode? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, well, we're just kind of vamping on like, please pay us. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so here we go. So if you were stranded on a desert island with any famous artist, who would you like to be stranded with, and why? And this goes for everyone. It does not have to be a painter. It just has to be anyone who's created an art that you honestly appreciate. I'm going to be really basic, but I mean, basic exists for a reason. And I'm going to say either Shakespeare or Vincent van Gogh. Oh, okay. Shakespeare, because I I don't understand how one person could conceive of so many different stories and, and, and write so many incredible plays in one lifetime. And Vincent van Gogh, because... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's this really lovely TED Talk video about how Van Gogh was able to um, capture turbulent flow in his paintings, which scientists currently don't even understand how it works mathematically. Um, And so I would love to talk to him about what he sees in the world and and how he paints. Well, very cool. Uh, Does anyone have... I would second Van Gogh, but also my second would be Ernest Hemingway. Cats. You just beat the fuck out of you every day, man. <laughs> I just want to I want a fist fight with that motherfucker. You would lose. Right. And then have him just speak deeply at me. Oh man. Ernest Hemingway wrote everything he ever wrote standing up and used to uh, used to live in Key West for a portion of his life in Florida. And he actually went into a bar that he used to frequent, went into the bathroom piss-ass drunk, ripped a urinal off of the wall, carried it, and as he was carrying it out, they asked him what he was doing, and he said that I have pissed so much money into this urinal that I own it. (laughs) Dang. Yeah, and they just let him go with it, and now it's on display in his home in Key West. That's fucking amazing. You know, know, I thought you were going to go in a different direction when you said he ripped something. He ripped three rinds of Coke. (laughs) What, What was the name again? Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Oh my god. No, honestly, um, I'd probably either do um, Tim Burton or Ooh. Miyazaki, because I just fucking Ooh. admire their artwork so much, and I like want to know where all their inspirations have come from. That changes my answer in my head, but I'm still going to say the same words because all the directors I like are fucking insane people. Tarantino. Woody yeah, Allen. exactly. That's exactly Quarantino. what I was going to say. Quarantine. I made that joke. <laughs> oh, you already heard the episodes. No, I made that joke before you heard that episode. Oh, shit. She I made that I episode that. before you made that joke. No, you're right. I'm just taking your thunder. Tyler, do you have one? 
uh, I have a very uh, uninspirational one. It's kind of like a goofy answer. Uh, I'd totally go with uh, Rick James. What the fuck next. are you thinking? Next, next. What, All right. What would be your? Nope. I want to cut. Yeah, what's your you reasoning behind that? Because yeah, if I was just like sad because I'm in a desert, I'll, if all I heard is and you, I'm Rick James, bitch, and I'd have such a better day. <laughs> oh wow, I'm. It's so hot out here. I wish someone would piss on me. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that that was R. Kelly? Yikes! I didn't Rick James piss on somebody. That was R. Yikes. Kelly. Sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry to spoil the good name of fucking Rick James <laughs> when I thought of this question because I always try to think of like these stupid questions for every episode. Um, I immediately thought of uh, Zelda Fitzgerald, Ooh. but then I then I thought from Zelda she's, she's Fitzgerald. A, Zelda Fitzgerald. It's uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's um, his wife. The second wife, I think, or his first. Yeah, wife? Oh, second wife. Oh, I was thinking wife. like Ella Fitzgerald. Um, I was like, that's so close. No. What? Also, no, but also Ella Fitzgerald. Like, damn, like that. What a talent to be surrounded by. Damn. Um, yeah. And just be able to pick the brain of. Um, but then I started thinking about like over the course of time. Because Zelda would be cool at first because she's like a lot of fun and she's very artistic and stuff. But what I would what would happen was she would drive me absolutely insane over over the course of time. Like I feel like she wouldn't do anything. So I'm I'm gonna land on um Gertrude Stein. <gasps> Lovely choice. Interesting. I feel like at any moment where I'm feeling really down and I can't do whatever would be required of me to keep us going on this deserted island, that Gertrude Stein would be there to tell me something really profound that would like push me forward a little bit more and just just enough. And then by the end of the experience, if we were ever rescued, I would be a, a much better person for this. You sure would. I want to repeat the the quote from the never aired episode. Uh, the artist's job is to not succumb to despair, but to find an antidote for the emptiness of existence. Oh, God, I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> but imagine being on an island with that. Like she, Damn. I would just be like, I'm too tired to make a fire, Gertrude. She's just like, you're gonna do it because only bitches don't make fires. <laughs> 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 Aren't we all Aren't bitches, we bitches though? This is gonna be a little extra long episode because uh, we're hanging out with like all of our best friends right now, and it's just getting a little out of hand. Oh my god, um, I'm honored. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're gonna do uh, message break. We will be back with uh, Matthew's wholesome moment, which is the new segment wholesome that we are officially moment. releasing with a theme song today. Yeah. So stay tuned, y'all. Okay. Can I go pee again? Drink a lot of whiskey. <laughs> Your whiskey's going through you. Hey guys, uh, this week in lieu of uh, paid promotional ads, Primo Roy and myself would like to take the time to shout out some agencies that really need donations right now. Um, one of the biggest agencies that needs a lot of help is the Red Cross. COVID-19 has caused worldwide panic and created a scarcity of resources. We have heard a lot about masks and gloves and toilet paper, but we really haven't heard a lot of people talking about the need of blood. Um, the Red Cross has had to cancel so many blood drives in order to keep their employees and our communities safe. This quote is directly from their website. We are working quickly to identify and replace blood drives canceled due to workplace and school closures. Search for opportunities near you and check back often as we are continuously adding new donation opportunities. If you don't see available appointments near you or in the near future, please search 7 to 15 days out. The need for blood is constant and patients need your help. As you can see, the uh, situation isn't ideal, but if you are asking what you can do for your community right now, please consider donating blood. Go to the redcrossblood.org, uh, follow a few simple steps to find your nearest donation location, and give blood as soon as you can. Thank you for your consideration and helping your community. Now, let's get back to it. And we're back with the new segment. Rainbows. <laughs> Cold beer. <laughs> a hard day's work. Your first kiss. A firm handshake. Fresh flowers. Gasoline. Miracles. Monster truck rallies. Butterflies. Matthews. Wholesome moment. I just wanted to let it be known. Uh, I did not vet that intro whatsoever. Um, that was the best thing I heard all day. It's, uh, it it's relates something. to everyone, but no one at all at the same way. No. Holy cow. Just like me. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, welcome to Matthew's Wholesome Moment. Uh, this week, we are going to discuss 
the work you were most proud of and um, that you may not have gotten paid a lot for where pay was not a factor. Wait, by factor, do you mean like you didn't make any money off of it or like the option of getting paid was just not there? Like you could have gotten paid the most you've ever gotten paid or the least doesn't really matter, like regardless of pay. I would say my experience doing Angels in America at Second Gen was pretty great. Um, Yeah. I just love working for that company. I love working for the ladies over there. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was just that entire play just to get to that last moment of the show, that last visual came out so great. And Mm -hmm. it was also a bucket list show for me. Hell yeah. Um, I think playing Ophelia in Hamlet at Irish Classical last year. Um, that was mm. hands down the most difficult role I've ever played. And um, I had a lot of struggles during the audition, or not audition, rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I, I really understood her in the end and, and, and the light bulb went on and I felt like I had a really excellent time and learned a lot more about my craft and about myself and about Shakespeare. And yeah, I'm really grateful for that whole experience. Dope. Roy? For the last three years, four years, three years. I was the technical director and pretty much like the athletic director of a camp. Harvey Weinstein. One year that we were doing it where this also goes back to Matt's story where he was talking about how you pay more money to keep the equity actors. You house them. You you fly them in from wherever mm-hmm. and to be a part of the show. And then you make everyone else be fu- essentially a fucking volunteer. Um, so this one one year, we decided to do a show, and we brought in these equity actors. One of them was on like Broadway for the longest time, and they paid for the housing. And by the end of the bills for them, they literally could not pay anyone else. That being said, that this camp for the longest time was did not encompass other people being a part of it that were not a part of the camp. So they were like, oh, so instead of giving the kids their own show that they've been used to and that they paid for and they already signed up for, we're going to do this big show and we're going to put them in a very small part of the show. I talked with the people who ran the camp and we came up with um, doing Hansel and Gretel. And we were going to do an outside show of this play, Hansel and Gretel. It wasn't that crazy, but I was the technical director. But with the other shows, it was more or less like I could kind of pick and choose what was going to happen. And I had really smart people to help me do it. In this scenario, they were all too busy with the other show. So I had to do literally all of the tech by myself. This was my show from set to sound to props. Like literally like all of this was me. That's dope, um, so I installed a sound system all around the stage. Um, I screwed in these bench seats that went all the way up stage left and stage right sides. There's these little huts that are off to like the if you're standing on the stage to the left, so house right, and then there's this other one. So we had like the witch's cauldron next to this thing, and I covered it with all these like fake pieces of candy that I made. It was just like this crazy place. And then the other side, I had the a stump with this fake axe that I had like built into the stump, and I had to build like the witch's stupid stove too. It was great, but the the way that the children, the kids reacted, and they were so appreciative of what I did was like a really bright spot because a lot of times we work with all of these people that are all concerned about um, like the the money and and the deadlines and stuff. These kids were just so excited to get this all done with. They all signed the inside of the witch's stove that I made and that witch's stove is still there outside um, pushed up against um, the information building on the outside. You can go there and you can see all the children's um, signatures on the inside of it. Oh, cute. They appreciated the fuck out of me. And I was like, this is, this is, this is, yeah, this is something else. Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, feeling appreciated, that's part of why, as actors, we do what we do. And as artists, we do what we do. It's all about that. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pay me, at least like take me out for a drink, right? It's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Or if you're Tyler's point of view, like, oh, we're not going to pay you for driving eight hours, but if you want to smoke a blunt, that's cool. Hell yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Tyler, do you have anything, buddy? Yeah, buddy. Uh, Awesome moments. I have like, two that are kind of tied uh the first one being uh actually like recording like my first album like that was just so surreal to me because like it was always like a dream of mine to release like music that i've like made and it was just incredible just like i mean you can pay to have your music on spotify but just like seeing it there i was just like oh shit that's awesome yeah but there's a big difference too between bands that do all cover work and being able to say like like this is my this art is my album. and I've released and I've That's released amazing. it to you. Yeah. You know, there's Aww. a little bit of extra special feeling there. But I think the big one was uh when I 
did uh the first show with like all you guys was like godspell because like that pretty much like changed the direction of the life that i wanted to live and stuff like that and like if it wasn't for like having the opportunity to do that show like i wouldn't have met like so many great people that i like consider some of my closest friends and just do all sorts of great things with all you guys like that was like a huge yeah, totally, like dude. change in life for me so that was pretty great yeah man so wholesome i'm gonna cry matthew for matthew's yeah. wholesome moment what is your wholesome moment <laughs> after i uh came back from florida i um started auditioning like around town um i sure. didn't get much immediately but then um chris kelly called me in to audition for significant other with uh bua and this is like yes. before chris and i were friends like at all um sure. and so he's gonna be a guest in a couple weeks hell yeah he is um but like that experience was like my first lead role in buffalo um i learned like that script was like about i think it was like 117 pages something like that and like i was on every single one and i had so many monologues sure. and like i learned the whole thing within like i think a week and a half like i memorized mm. so quickly so like all the work that we put into it and everything um and then i also got uh nominated for an arty for best leading actor and we won the arty for best ensemble of a play that year it was just it was fucking like amazing and then um, I got one of my best friends and uh, out of it too. So that's super great. Especially when you get a lasting relationship out of an experience that was just like completely perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Cool, yeah, man. I love it, man. Well, with that, we'll do some final thoughts and then uh, end this bitch. <laughs> art is not okay. free. Art is not, art is not free. free. Um, You're art, welcome. Yeah. yeah, art is not free. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, the final message to take from this is to appreciate... Um, the artist as much as the, anything else that you do. In the words of Ronnie James Dio, um, what you? Um, yeah, <laughs> is this is uh, this is the first quote that comes to my head. Just is like, um, no one bleeds for the dancer. God, I love that. But no one gives it back. No one bleeds for the dancer. So um, that that money that you pay for a ticket, you have to you have to encompass not only the actors you're paying for, but you have to also have to realize that there are people that um, work at the administrative level for the, the the company that you're going for, the designers for the show, the people that work backstage that you're not paying attention to or giving a fuck about whatsoever, and and that you're the first ones to come up and complain to. Remember that this is their life too. Man, there are people who work on these productions that aren't ever mentioned in the credits. Never. Yeah. I've worked never on mentioned. several movies and several productions, and I was never mentioned. And that's I'm fine with that because I don't really care. But just know that there are so many other people involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like there's a lot that goes into this thing that you're just looking at that's like Netflix or if it's uh if it's a, a live show. And we just ask you to respect those people, to try to, your hardest to understand what they're going through and to appreciate them for what the work that they've done. And with that we say goodbye. Uh we love you. Wash your fucking hands, you filthy fucks, and um stay in your goddamn houses. This episode is brought to you in support of local theater companies from Buffalo, New York. For more complaining, visit negativenancyspod.com and follow along on Instagram at negativenancyspod and Facebook at negativenancyspodcast. If you'd like to send us love letters, you can reach us at hatemail at negativenancyspod.com. Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancys is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.